my name is Abby, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to watch this message from the church. We pray that you are highly blessed and encouraged. We would love to connect with you more at our website at www.thechurchokc.com. Woo, that was good. Man. Well, we have been in the middle of a series called Life Verses, and this is just a series of where we've just pulled some small, some, some fairly common, popular verses out of the scriptures, and we've just really dug in and kind of gotten to the marrow of it, of what it means and what it says. And one of the things that I've been talking about over the past few weeks is the fact that you do not have to have a degree in theology to understand the truth of the scriptures. And I think that's something that we find ourselves thinking a lot of times and and when we feel like God is is telling us to witness to somebody to share with them the love and share with them the gospel we stop and we say but God I don't really know the Bible that well or I what if they ask me a question and I don't know the answer you know is God so big that he can make a rock that even he can't pick it up did Abel and Eve have belly buttons I've been asked these questions before and I looked at the people who asked me these questions and I've said you're a moron because some questions are just you know sometimes we try to make things in the Bible what it's not sometimes we try to get so wrapped up with being right that we forget to just share the truth because I know that, that you can win an argument and still lose the war you know what I mean we can argue somebody else's opinion into the ground. That doesn't mean that we've actually won. And so that's what this series has kind of been about. It's been really digging into the simpleness of the gospel, of, of, of the scriptures, and taking just these life verses, just these nuggets of truth, and really applying to our life. And we've, we've kind of built upon each week. And we've talked about the first week how we seek God first. Not so we can get stuff from Him like He is a cosmic Santa Claus. But we seek Him first because we find that when we seek Him, everything that we have need of is found in Him. We talked about my favorite life verse, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. That means all the bad things that happen to us, all the good things that happen to us, and all the dumb, stupid mistakes that we make. But tonight, I want to go old school in the Old Testament. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. And I'm going to read this out of a couple different translations tonight. And, and as we get over to the building, our new building, this is actually painted on a wall in one of the classrooms, this verse. We've got a scripture for the kids in each classroom. And this is the verse that's in one of our classrooms. And it says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord, your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Whew. That thing right there is power packed. And if I can set this up for us tonight, this is Moses. And, and, and he's, he's talking to the Israelites. 
Now the Israelites have been brought out of captivity. They've been brought out of slavery. And they've wandered in a circle for 40 years. Now understand something, church. Where they left and where God designed for them to go was not a 40-year journey. It should have taken them a couple weeks. But for 40 years, they walked in a circle in the wilderness around the same mountain. I'm not going to look anybody in the eye because I don't want you to feel like God is talking to you. But God is talking to you. So, how many of you are walking around the same mountain in your life over and over and over instead of getting to the destiny and the purpose and the plan that God has set out for you. Some of us, we find ourselves walking around and around and around and around. And you know, the thing that I found, and, and this, is, this is funny, you know, I, I love watching videos on YouTube and getting online and watching all these people freak out when they're faced with something really scary. And, and I, I came across this video of this zip line, and I wanted to say it was like in South America. And it wasn't a zip line, it was a big, just big wire rope swing. And these two girls, I mean, they're like three, four hundred feet up on this platform. And they do not want to jump. And the closer it gets time for them to actually take the step off of that platform, the more they begin to cry and scream and well and giggle and do all the things that teenage girls do. And then finally, the workers of this this, this swing thing, they stand behind the girls and they're like, just sit down. And just, just sit down. The girls don't want to sit down. So finally they just push them off. <laughs> and you can hear the girls screaming, ah! you know, and you just see them just drop. But it seems like when we're faced with a situation, when we're faced with a battle, when we're faced with actually taking that step that God has for us, the more we work ourselves up to it, the less courageous we become. It's almost like we begin to talk ourselves out of what God has destined for us. And in this particular passage, this story, this is Moses talking and they've walked around the wilderness for 40 years. They've gone in a circle around the same mountain for 40 years and here they are standing before the walls of Jericho, seeing the promised land. And this is what Moses looks at the people of Israel and says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord, your God. And that's one of those, those two words that I think we miss so often. Well, yes, God can do anything. Well, do you believe God can heal you? Yes, God can heal me. Do you believe that, that he can deliver you from that addiction? Yes, I believe God can deliver me from the addiction. And, but, but what we miss is, do you believe that the Lord, your God, can deliver you from the addiction? Do, do you believe the Lord, your God, can heal you? For the Lord, your God, will personally go ahead of you. He will never fail you, nor abandon you. 
In the SV, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. The message translation says, be strong, take courage. Take it with you. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Doesn't matter how you say it. Doesn't matter what translation you want to use. The same message is there. God has a purpose and a plan and a destiny for your life. And when you face those struggles and those battles and you face those trials and you face those addictions, God, your God, will not fail you. God, your God, will be right there with you. He will go before you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He's striding ahead of you. He's personally going in front of you. This is what Moses is telling the Israelites. There was a movie that came out back in the 90s called Beethoven. Anybody guys remember that movie about the big dog? Yeah? There's this one scene that I love, and this family has this big St. Bernard. And this little boy is part of this family. He's been picked on by some bullies in the neighborhood. And so he gets the courage to stand up to these bullies. He gets, it, he, he gets the strength inside of him to stand up. And so these three or four bullies are on the sidewalk, and he comes up. And he just tells them, I'm not going to be scared of you anymore. I'm going to stay. You're not going to rule my life. And you can just, you know, he thinks he's going to get punched, you know. You know, he's just waiting for it. And then he opens his eyes. And he sees these bullies get these scared look in their face. And they turn around. And they take off. And he thinks, man, I did that. Then he turns around and he sees this big St. Bernard, the family dog, growling at those kids. You know, telling, letting those kids know that this little boy doesn't have to fight this fight by himself. And that's how God is in our life. When we stand up to the temptation, when we stand up to the struggle, to the fight, whatever we're facing, we feel maybe like we're standing alone, but we have to understand that our God is there with us. It's like this big dog that's just growling at anything that wants to come against us and say, no, this is my child. This is my family. This is whom I love, whom I protect, whom I shed my blood and let my body be broken for them. This is the banner that we carry into battle. For the Lord our God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy us or forget the covenant with our forefathers which he confirmed to them by oath. Psalms 46. I'm sorry, Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 14. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And he says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. See, all your angry enemies lie there 
confused, and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord, your God. And I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Though you are a lowly worm, O Jacob, don't be afraid, people of Israel, for I will help you. I am the Lord, your Redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel. You know, I said that you don't have to have a theology degree to understand the concepts in the Bible. You don't have to go to eight years of, of seminary to, to wrap your head around this. We go after God because we find that within God is everything that we need. And we find that when we're totally pursuant of God, when we're giving God everything, uh, that, that, that it doesn't matter what comes our way, God is going to work it for our good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the, the, the dumb, the stupid, whatever comes our way. And because of this when we get this deep down inside of us doesn't matter what we face we can just stand and say addiction I don't come at you in my own strength temptation I don't come at you and try to do it on my own because the Lord my God is going to fight this battle for me See, but we have to have this confidence that's built on the fact that we truly know that everything we desire, everything we need is found in Him. One of my favorite stories, and, and you know, this is one of those stories, and I told you that this verse that we read is on one of the walls in our kids' room, and, and there's a mural on that wall of David fighting Goliath. You know, because that's just such that, you know, I mean, that's just that picture. You know, be strong and courageous. And we have David, who is, you know, probably 5'9", you know, maybe a buck 30, ring and wet, and he's going up against Goliath, who's over 9 feet tall, and whose sword is probably as tall as David. And, 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 and uh, Goliath comes and, 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 and the, the, the Philistines, they are talking trash about God and, and about the Israelites and all this stuff that's going on. And, and we find David in 1 Samuel 17. We find David and, and the king and all the best soldiers and all the strongest men of Israel. They're all cowering behind rocks and in the camp and they're hiding. And for days and days the Philistines are calling them out saying, why don't you send somebody out to fight? And wouldn't you know it, a cocky little 15, 16, 17 year old, however David was, says, I'll, I'll fight him. And we know the story. David goes out and Goliath says to the Philistines, he says to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Boy, just don't know. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin. But I come to you in the name of of the Lord of hosts. 
the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And, all, and, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hand. Church, this is how we approach life. This is how we fight the good fight. This is how we get our faith going and moving. It's not by coming up and saying, saying, God, I, I need a Rolls Royce, and if you can just deliver, and if you can just take care of my financial problems, and if you can just, no, it's saying, you know what, God, in you is everything. And when I see that and when I know that, I'm going to live my life so that other people know that. Whether that's in victory, whether that's in battle, whatever it may be. And we know that we can step up to that battle. We can step up to that temptation. We can step up to that person. And we can say, you know, you may come at me with the temptation. You may come at me with the addiction. You may come at me with the negative thoughts and with the feelings of failure. But I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give you the dead bodies. The host of the Philistines this day. This is what David is saying to the Philistines. Look you can come at me with whatever type of weapons. You can come at me with whatever you want to come at me with. But I'm coming at you with the name of the Lord of hosts. Because I know that there's a God in Israel. And by the time this battle's over, you're going to know that there's a God in Israel. And that it's not just any God, it's my God. And notice what David said here. That all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. Now this is what I think, this is the Brian Ackerman translation here. David is standing here in this valley and, and what scholars believe is that you, you have kind of this valley where David, where Goliath comes out every day and up kind of over here in this mountain, you know, you've got the Israelites camp and over here in this kind of mountain you have the Philistines camp and they're yelling insults back and forth at one another and Goliath comes down every day and he's yelling up to the Israelites saying, you know, send somebody to fight me, send your best, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I believe that when David is standing here in the valley, and notice that the battle is taking place in the valley. He's standing here in the valley when he says this. This day the Lord will deliver you in my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, so on and so forth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that this assembly, and I believe he's talking about the Israelites that are standing behind him, cowering and ducking behind the rocks. And this assembly is going to know that it's not by natural means that we defeat our enemies. Because the battle is the Lord's. And that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. Now understand church. We don't walk through this life alone. And we think that we go through battles. And we think that we go through trials. And we go through addictions. And it's just me and it doesn't affect anybody else. You're wrong. 
Because every time you walk into this building, every time you raise your hands and, 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 and you sing these songs and you say amen, and every time you go to those chapel services or you open up your Bible or you pray before a meal, eyes turn to you. Well, they say they believe in God. They act like they believe in God. But is their life really any different from mine? Every eye was on David. Every eye in that battle was looking at David to see how he would respond. And you know what David did? He immediately drew the attention off of himself and to God. He immediately said, the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's and he will deliver you to my hand. Now think about that word for a second, deliver. In America, we are lazy, all right? We don't make our pizza. We get on the phone and we call and have somebody deliver us a pizza. Now, now think about this. The last time I ordered pizza, it took 45 minutes for that pizza to get to my house. It takes about 15 minutes to bake a pizza in the oven. But we so lazy, we're going to have somebody else deliver that so we can walk to the door, hand them a little bit of money and take the pizza and be, be good to go. There is no work. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> there is no work that comes from having something delivered to you. In my opinion, this is, this is what David's saying. Look, I don't have to do the work because the battle's not mine to fight. I, I'm not the big dog in this fight. Jesus is the big dog in this fight. I heard one preacher say, you know, when we try to put ourselves into the stories and make ourselves the center of it, we make ourselves like David, you know, fighting our Goliaths. But we're not David fighting our Goliaths. We're the Israelites cowering back in the rocks. And Jesus is our David fighting our Goliath for us. I heard somebody say it like this. George Foreman was the conqueror. George Foreman's wife was more than a conqueror because he did all the work and she reaped all the financial blessings. <laughs> and this is what God is saying to us tonight and this is how we're addressing this and this is how we, we, we come to these battles and to these struggles that we face knowing that, man, I'm going after God with everything I have and, and my healing and my victory and everything is found in Him. So I'm going to continually keep my focus on Him. I'm, gonna, I'm going, going to continually be looking towards Him. And, and, and when I approach life with that mindset and with that attitude, it doesn't matter what's coming my way. God's going to work it all for my good. So I step out on the battlefield, whatever battle it may be, and I just say, bring it. A bad doctor's report comes, bring it. Bad financial report comes, bring it. We struggle with the temptation, with the addictions, and all of this kind of stuff. I just say, bring it. Because the battle's not mine. And one of the things that you've heard me say if you've been going to this church for a while is that when we pray and we ask things in the name of Jesus, it's not this badge, it's not like a stamp that we've got our, our, our prayers and we're just putting this little stamp of Jesus' name on it to send it in the mail. 
No, the name of Jesus is like this heavily armored tank. And we're stuffing all of our prayers and our hopes and our desires inside this tank. And we're sending it into the battlefield knowing that it cannot be stopped. You know, the Bible tells us in the old song says, there's power in the name of Jesus. It's true. So, so when we pray, we're praying not with the authority of our wants and our desires and what we're feeling and what we need. We're praying with the authority of the name of Jesus. And so whatever we come against, we don't come against it with a 12-step program. Now, now understand me. I'm not downplaying any of those because I think they all are great. Celebrate recovery, all of them. They're good. But what I'm saying is that we're faced in, in, in the, the battles of life. There's not a formula. There's not 12 steps. There's the name of Jesus. Because the battle's not ours. The battle's God's. So we take all of our fears. We take all of our desires. We take all this stuff that's come against us. And that's coming against us day after day after day after day. And we say, it's not my battle. But the Lord is going to deliver that addiction. The Lord is going to deliver that healing. The Lord is going to deliver that answer. Because every single one of these people that's watching my life is going to know that there is a God. And every single person that's watching my life is going to know that the Lord saves, not with the sword and the spear, not with the things of the, the, the natural things, but with the name of Jesus, with the power that's in the blood, with the broken body, with the spilt blood. This is where our victory lies. So when we fight our battles, we don't fight our battles with this. We fight our battles with this. This is where our victory is found. This is how we know that never once have we ever walked alone. This is what David is saying. The Lord is going to deliver you into my hands. The Lord is going to fight you. You know, and it said, don't know how true it is, but it's a popular interpretation that David picked up five stones. Not because he felt like he needed five stones to knock down David or to knock down Goliath, but that it was well known that Goliath had four brothers. David was going to take out the whole family if need be. The scrawny little kid that wasn't even invited to the battle shows up. Because it wasn't his battle and it wasn't the Israelites' battle. It was God's battle. And he knew that the work had already been done. In Psalms 46, you know, we know that David is responsible for writing many of the Psalms, including this one. We think about his life and the ups and the downs and the battles that he's faced and the, you know, fighting off the lions from the flock and standing before Goliath and all of this. In Psalms 46, 1 through 3, he says, God is a safe place to hide, ready to help when we need him. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea storm and earthquake. 
before the rush and roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains, Jacob wrestling God fights for us. God of angel armies, protect us. In the NLT, it says, God is our refuge and strength always, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when the earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. And, and if I can just point to a couple things, and we're getting ready to close, if somebody will go get Abby and uh, the band, and, and uh, before she comes in here, today is Abby's birthday. So at the end of service, we're going to sing happy birthday to her. All right? And I may or may not get a little Elvis in my voice when I do. Um, but back to the scripture here. To, 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 to really point out a couple things here. So many times we think, man, and this is, this is probably the number, one no, the number one reason that people leave the faith. It's the fact that we hear these preachers on TV and, you know, Man, once you give your heart to Christ, if you do things the right way, you're going to drive a Rolls Royce and that sickness is going to go away and that, that illness is going to go away and your money troubles are going to go away and all you have to do is give God what He asks for and your life is going to be so much easier and things are going to be great. And people get these images of frolicking and slow motion in a field of dandelions and that is not a promise of the Bible. Listen to what David says. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. David is saying, look, trouble is going to come. Psalms 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you still have to walk through it. The difference between the world out there and us in here is the fact that we do not walk through it alone. God holds us by our victorious right hand. I know some of us are probably familiar with the poem Footprints. Talks about a man who's walking with God on the beach and after a while he turns around and he says, God, I noticed that, that back here there's times when there's only one set of footprints and why would you leave me when I needed you the most? And God looks at him and says, son, the reason you only see one set of footprints isn't because I left you, it's because I carried you. Heard another translation. same lines and it says God I see times when there's only one set of footprints and I see times when there's just this one big wide track God told him said when you see one set of footprints that's where I carried you when you see that big thing that's where I just had to drag you because you weren't walking so that brings us back to our verse tonight 
see the children of Israel. Now understand this. They've been without a home for 40 years. And before those 40 years, they were slaves. They were beaten down. Their self-esteem was nil. And they had sat here and watched miracles. They'd seen the plagues of Egypt. They had seen God part the Red Sea. When God parted the Red Sea, it wasn't damp. He literally sucked the moisture out of the ground. The Bible says they walked across on dry land. Some amazing things. They were led by fire or by a cloud and during the day and fire at night and all this kind of stuff. But yet, even when they were experiencing some of this stuff, they know Pharisee, the, 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 the Pharaoh is, is coming against them and they, they, they turn to Moses and said, why would you bring us out here just to kill us when there are not a great enough graves in Egypt? You see, you can see throughout this whole time, they had some real self-esteem issues because all they knew was defeat. All they knew was slavery. All they knew was being beaten down. And so here they are standing before the walls of Jericho. This town is famous. How many of you have heard of the Great Wall of China? How many of you have ever been to the Great Wall of China? That's my point. We're on the other side of the world and that thing is so famous that we've heard about it over here. The walls of Jericho were so tall, so thick, it was said that two chariots could race side by side on those walls. And you got a bunch of rejects that have been wandering around for 40 years. Dirty, smelly, standing before this famous city and this famous walls expected to believe that they even have a chance Moses stands up before all of them he says be strong and courageous
every morning for days they woke up got out of their tents and they looked up at that wall they marched around it but the the procession around the city of Jericho wasn't led by the army it wasn't led by the most decorated by the strongest it was led by the worshipers around and on the seventh day they walked around seven times they didn't lift a sword they lift the trumpets and they just blasted a note of worship and the walls came down they didn't lift a sword they didn't throw a stone God was striding before them we were in had the privilege privilege of going Australia did a Hillsong conference, you know, and make all this all these songs, and they had this one song, and and part of the song it says, This is how we overcome. And as they're singing that part of the song, the entire church throws their hands up and starts jumping up and down with their hands up like this. Because the thing that this church had learned was that they overcome not with this because the battle is the Lord's so they praise the one they worship the one with the victorious right hand because they understand that God is going before them that he's the one fighting the battle so this is why we stand this is why we can approach every battle that we face because we've been going after God we've been finding everything we need in him and knowing that he's going to work everything out for our good so in the end we win if you are playing on a team or you're going to get into a boxing fight or whatever and you knew before you walked in that you were going to win that fight there may be a little trash talk going on you know I'll bring it you think you're man enough I'll be all over you like wild and rice, like a chicken on a June bug, you know? That's the stuff Dad always said. Chicken on a June bug. That's Lindsay, Oklahoma talk. But we walk into the battles like that because we know good or bad, we're going to win. So we stand there and we say, it doesn't matter 